0: You're listening to the best of morning drive with Dietrich and white an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN 977.com. Now here's today's show.
1: Doing great. Appreciate you having me on
2: uh, big 12 and mountain West conference official since 2010. You got to tell us, how'd you get involved in it?
1: Well, back in 95, um, just graduated from college. I actually, just got married. I've been married about nine months, and you know, I, I knew when I got out of school that I didn't really want to be a coach or, you know, be a teacher. But I wanted to stay involved in athletics, and I actually wanted to go into baseball and be a umpire. But my job didn't really allow me to get off in time. So I met a guy at work, and uh, he got me involved in football, and it's been kind of history since then. I got involved in. Saw lots and lots of junior high and JV games and varsity games, and eventually in 2004, got involved in the college ranks.
2: You, you cut your teeth in the high school and junior high ranks. At what point did you like say, "Oh, this is pretty good. Maybe I could have a career in this"?
1: Well, I mean, you know, when you get into officiating, I, I think most people would say this: you you get in it because you want to, you know, stay involved in athletics and I don't think there's probably one person that you, know, you even talked to some of the NFL guys and they never would have imagined they would get to where they are. You're just working, you know, to, to work the next, you know, junior high or J V game and and then all of a sudden you, you feel like, Okay, I'm pretty good at this and you know, I worked some local U L M scrimmages and got involved in Louisiana Tech and worked some of their scrimmages and that's kind of the process back then was you know, you, you worked as many varsity and junior high and JV games as you could, and and you met some of the college officials, and you know and they they got you on the field at some of the scrimmages, and you just kind of see how you do and how much see if you could handle the game, and it just goes from there.
2: You've worked your way up the, through the ranks, uh, starting the Southland Conference, then the Sun Belt, now we mentioned the Big Twelve and Mountain West conferences. Uh, what's that like as your careers kind of progressed on the field?
1: You know, it's it's been really fun and and being being married and having kids now. It's a pretty neat opportunity. You know, as a family, we sometimes get to go and there's lots of places where I would have never got to see or or experience. I got to go to Hawaii, um, got to go to San Diego. Of course, there's places you you go you would never go otherwise. You know, who who would ever go to Lawrence, Kansas or Manhattan, Kansas or uh, you know Des Moines, Iowa, or Ames, Iowa, uh, but uh, you know the traveling part of it is fun, uh, but it can also get pretty grinding during the season. But you know, as far as on the field, it, it's it's um, it's been a great experience. Uh, you know, I never like again. I never would have thought I'd been at this point.
2: Donnie Altman, a college official, joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. So, Donnie, you mentioned some of the places you've been. Uh, what were some of the what have been some of the biggest games that you have called?
1: Well, I would have to say probably the, you know, the game I remember the most um, as far as my career have been pretty recent. Um, uh, as far as the college ranks, uh, it was the year that uh, Baylor played for the conference championship. It was their first conference championship, and it was um, Baylor in Texas, and uh, that was it was a very unique game because it was the last game of the season, and that's. You know, obviously Texas and I mean the Big 12 didn't have uh, conference championship games, so basically the winner of that game was the conference champion. And there was a lot of other things that went on because oddly enough, and that was the first weekend of December, and there was an ice storm that came through Dallas. So you know, it took us what would normally be an hour to get to a, a location. Uh, it took us three hours. So there's was, there was a lot of things going on around that. And then, but basically, once the game got started, it was a really really fun atmosphere and. Especially since it was their first conference championship. Then, last year I got to work the Peach Bowl, and that was the Auburn uh, UCF deal. You know how big a deal that was, and you know for for them to make it to that game and all the things surrounding that, and uh, Scott Frost going to Nebraska. So you know that that was probably the biggest, you know, as far as bowl games. That was one of the biggest I've ever called.
2: Athletes have jitters, and obviously you do, too, going into a, any type of game. Uh, what's been the best atmosphere, perhaps, for a college game that you've been a part of?
3: You
1: know, I, I tell people all the time they can't believe this, but, you know, you, uh, I've been at Texas. I've been in uh, Jerry's World. Um, uh, you know, had Alabama and Wisconsin in Jerry's World. Um, mm. uh, we've had, you know, games where there's been 100,000, there's 80,000, you know, whatever it is, but one, I, I tell people this all the time and they can hardly believe it, but probably the, if it's a great atmosphere, the team's in it, you know, Ames, Iowa, Iowa State is one of the craziest atmospheres in college football. Wow. Uh, as far as being loud, the, the students are really into it. For whatever reason, the stadium is really, really loud. When the, You know, there's only about 60,000 people there, but for whatever reason, uh, if they're into it, uh, it's probably one of the loudest stadiums I've ever been in.
2: Take us behind the curtain. Uh, during the season, uh, what does what your normal schedule look like? When do you need to arrive at a stadium, get there, and, of course, uh, start preparing for uh, the logistics of a game? Well, I
1: mean, yeah. pretty much if you have a Saturday game, you're going to arrive at the uh, wherever you're going uh, the, the day before. Um, we generally try to get into – Whatever city we're staying in, <clears throat> and a lot of times we're not staying in the city that the game's in. We may be staying, you know, 30 miles away, wherever we can get hotels. But we we arrive the day before um, the night of the game. We generally we do we prep. Uh, just uh, we we may look at things our supervisor wants us to concentrate on. Um, we had to in the day of the game. Uh, we had to arrive three hours before the game. We have to be on the field one hour before the game. Um, Of course, we go through the game. Uh, After the game, uh, we have foul reports, you know, any foul we call. uh, We have reports we have to submit um, and submit to our supervisor, submit to the NCAA. Um, And, of course, uh, with today's technology, we're getting film almost immediately after the game on our iPads. Um, So, you know, we're looking at calls we made, calls we – Hope we got right, uh, or hope we didn't get wrong. Uh, then as the week goes on, you know, Sundays through Tuesdays, uh, actually in the Big 12, and we're, we're required to grade our own film. You know, we, we go through and uh, look at the calls we made. Uh, we look at the calls maybe we should have made. Uh, we're very critical of ourselves. Uh, so that takes Monday, Tuesday. Um, in the past, our uh, conference coordinator on Thursdays will have a, like an hour and a half video conference where He'll, he'll go through plays that um, you know, that maybe need our attention, that were kind of unusual. and then it starts back over. Friday, we start our travel back. So that's kind of a week uh, was, what, uh, that's kind of a week in life of official right there.
2: You have to have thick skin. How much leeway do you give coaches on the sideline?
1: Well, the good thing about me is I'm back, Judge. I'm in the middle mm-hmm. of the field, 99% of the game, except on kickoff. So, uh, I, I admire the guys that uh, it, it takes a really a special official to be able to be on the sideline. and And, and I'll, I'll tell this to any official, any fan: uh, communication is key. Uh, the coaches just want you to listen. Uh, you know, a lot of times they're going to be upset. They're you know they they may not like something you you called or or didn't call, but Communication is key. I mean, I remember one time last year I had a a call. Uh, the coach didn't like it. I, I'm not going to say which one it was, but he's pretty animated. Uh, he's one of the Big Twelve uh, coaches. He's he's fairly animated. And he, you know, I could tell he was upset. And we had a timeout. And he, of course, walked up to me and was kind of giving me that look. And I said, "Coach, I'll if you'll listen, I'll tell you exactly what I said. You know, or exactly what I saw." And he did. And you know, I think communication with coaches is very, very key to, you know, keeping a good relationship with them and kind of keeping the, the tempers down between both officials and, and the coaches.
2: Donnie, there was a, a lot of talk, I believe it was last year or the year before, about NFL officials and how they should be full-time and they should be designated a certain salary to make sure that they could be full-time. Do you think that is necessary? It's hard
1: to say. You know, football is such a different sport, in my opinion. Um, You know, when you when you look at baseball and basketball, I can in NHL, whatever you want to look at. I mean, there's so many games. uh, I could see where you you have to be full time, but you know, I look at at, at even in college officiating the NFL. I mean, you know, you got one game a week, and then you got six days. I mean, I understand. You know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it, a lot of behind-the-scenes things that even college officials, high school officials go through, you know, studying the rules and staying on top of film. Uh, is it necessary? Uh, I would probably say not, but, you know, it'd be a good thing if they can because that just means, you know, that's what they can do full-time. I would certainly like to do it full-time, um, but, you know, being a college official, that's it's not possible.
2: Donnie, do you have your schedule already lined up, the assignments, or is that by week by week? Do you know who you got the opening week?
1: No, so, well, most um, most college uh, conferences will re- will release the first five to six weeks just because of travel, um, having to get airline tickets and things like that. So, uh, the way the Big Twelve, Mount West does it, we we do have our first five weeks. So I know when I'm going the first five weeks, my opener is uh, FAU at Oklahoma.
2: Uh, We will look for you. Hope you're not making headlines, but uh, really some uh, insight on being a college official. Good stuff, Donnie. Appreciate the time. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Donnie Altman, great stuff there from uh, him. Coming up next, uh, Malcolm Butler, Louisiana Tech Sports Information Director, Director joins us. Coming up at 830, we'll get into the LSU quarterback situation, of course, with Loyal Narcisse transferring out, and it appears that uh, Justin McMillan is on his way out. Also, Jarrett Rozier from uh, TigerDetails.com will join us at the bottom of the hour to discuss that. We're back after this on The Morning Drive.
4: Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car, king.
5: All ready for this. The Eddie G. Robinson High School Football Classic Jamboree. Saturday, August 25th in the Robinson Memorial Stadium on the campus of Grambling State University. In its fourth year, Team Up Sports Consulting is bringing another exciting day of hard-hitting football action. Game 1. The Lincoln Prep Panthers will take the field against their I-20 rival, the Arcadia Hornets, starting at 2 p.m. Game 2. The Cavaliers of Calvary Baptist out of Shreveport will try to take the sting out of those tough, hard-hitting Rayville Hornets. You can get your Jamboree tickets at each of the participating schools now. Check out more details at egrobinsonclassic.com. Once again, it's on. Team Up Sports Consulting is bringing you the Eddie Eddie G. Robinson Robinson High School Football Football Classic Classic, Jamboree 4. Presented by Creed and Creed. Serious attorneys for serious injuries. Saturday, August 25th in Grambling, Louisiana. In the Robinson Memorial Stadium on the campus of Grambling State University. And home of the legendary coach, Eddie G. Robinson. Portico in Monroe is back. New owners Joey Trope, Roy Arthur, and Lindsey Levitt invite you to come experience it for yourself this football season. They'll have eight brand new 65-inch TVs, great for college football on Saturday and then NFL action on Sunday. They'll have a new full menu, including pizza, wings, and loaded nachos. Lunch specials every single day, Monday through Friday, plus brunch on Sunday. Come experience Portico for yourself at 2230 Tower Drive in Monroe. If
6: you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
5: Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour sponsored by Car King in Monroe.
2: Welcome back to the show. If you're having some issues, of course, this morning with uh, the atmospheric situation that we have, always can listen to us, of course, on the Red Peach app and, of course, on our website, Hit us up if you've got a question or a comment, 888-993-7762. It's the Darren Moody State from Hotline slash Text Line. Find out how to save money on home and auto insurance by stopping by and visiting with Darren on 18th Street. We always love catching up with an old friend of ours, Malcolm Butler, the Louisiana Tech Sports Information Director. He joins us. What's up, bud? Good morning, Aaron. How are you, bud? Good, i got a number of things I want to pick your brain about. And First, I want to start with a Louisiana Tech headline. We are talking a little college hoops. How about the Duncan Dogs taking care of business last night in Costa Rica? They went 74-62. So on this trip, they go uh, 2-0, four sophomores leading the way for Louisiana Tech in scoring. What a trip. An opportunity to go out there, do some team bonding, the 10 practices beforehand. And, heck, you can now get an opportunity to do a little sightseeing, and you go 2-0 overall
3: yeah now those are those are great trips for our student athletes whenever they get an opportunity to go and uh you know what it means on the court as you mentioned, the extra practices are huge for them uh getting a couple of games uh, under their belt with a lot of newcomers you mentioned man four underclassmen leading them in scoring uh so that's uh that's exciting for them. I know Eric's got to be excited about what he saw and you know, is able to use it uh, to show some film, and they can work on a lot of things uh, between now and uh, when they open the season in November. So it kind of gives you a head start on having some film on yourself. But uh, you know, what a great opportunity! and Like you said, now they get to do a little sightseeing and. You know this is a this is a trip that a lot of those guys would probably never be able to go on, and so I've been fortunate enough to go on a few of those with some of my teams over the years, and it's always really neat uh, to watch the student athletes and see how they experience and what they get to see and uh, so I know they're having a good time, and of course,' going two and O in the games uh, only helps the situation.
2: Yeah, one of your guys, K. McGuire, with the team, he's getting an opportunity, of course, to see a lot of things, too. Hey, let's go there. All these years that you've been with Louisiana Tech Athletics, could you name two or three places or opportunities, because you've crisscrossed this country and other places, that you know certainly at the top of your list for most memorable with Louisiana Tech?
3: Sure. Uh, you know, I got to go to the Bahamas uh, four or five years ago with women's basketball. Uh, which was unbelievable. Um, that, was a, that was a wonderful trip and a great uh, experience, not only for the student-athletes, for myself as well. Um, obviously, I've been to Hawaii 18 times. So, uh, you know, when we were <laughs> in the WAC, uh, you know, that, that was a lot of Hawaii. Uh, and it was always wonderful when you were there. Uh, Paul, always, Malcolm, always Malcolm, fun,
2: you, Malcolm, you said 18 times?
3: 18 times in 12 years in the league. <laughs> yep between women's basketball football and softball went 18 times and, and uh you know it's uh again hawaii's an, a wonderful place but you know it wasn't like it was a luxury trip you know you go takes you forever to get out there and when you're out there you're having fun but as soon as you play that basketball game on that thursday night we're rushing to the airport to catch a red eye into wherever we were going next whether it's fresno or san jose or boise So it was kind of a grueling trip as well. Not that I'm complaining. There's not too many people who get to go to Hawaii 18 times with their jobs, so don't get me wrong. I've been to the Virgin Islands, uh, been to New York a couple of times, Uh, obviously went to uh, Puerto Vallarta with our softball team this last year. So, you know, I've gotten to benefit over the years from some really neat trips as well.
2: A lot of great things happening on your campus, a lot of uh, big events uh, on the horizon. Let's start, of course, with this weekend. I know another uh, fan fest planned for the Louisiana Tech football team.
3: Yeah, Saturday uh, we're going to have our annual fan fest. Uh, both the football team and our soccer team will be there. It's going to be from 1 until 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon at the Thomas Assembly Center. Uh, so obviously, you know, we'll have autographs. Uh, You know, games, bounce houses, Uh, the Tech Bookstore will be there selling merchandise, will be selling season tickets, there'll be concessions. Uh, So it's always a a great uh, experience, a great event, Uh, and we usually have a really, really good crowd for it. So uh, we're expecting another good crowd uh, on Saturday again from 1 to 3. Now, uh, before that, if folks want to actually watch the team uh, scrimmage, uh, they're going to be scrimmaging over at the stadium at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. Uh, so people can come out and watch the Bulldogs scrimmage, uh, and then go grab a little bit of lunch, and then head over to the TAC for a one o'clock start time uh, for our Fan Fest. So looking forward to that.
2: Couple of things taking place, and of course, you had this uh, great idea where you guys came up with uh, the best players of the first 50 years at the Joe. This was a huge success. First of all, just kind of the response that you had from uh, fans voting on. Uh, cementing the top 50 players of all time
3: yeah you know we went back and uh, back in 19 well, let's see when was it uh, 2001 we did a top uh, 50 players of the first 100 years of football at Tech and so uh, when we were talking about doing the top 50 players in the first 50 years of Joey Stadium we we're like well you know if you made the list of being one of the top players Uh, all-time in 100 years of Tech football, then you got to be on this list. So we went back to that list, and there were 33 of those 50 guys who had actually played their careers at Joe I. Stadium. So basically we started with 33 of the 50, and then uh, we went through a criteria and had about, I don't know, 80, 85 guys uh, nominated for the other 17 spots, and we let fans vote on it over the course of about 10 days. And we had close to 3,000 votes. Uh, on this, and uh, we were able to come up with the the other 17. So that's kind of how we did the process. Um, The feedback we've gotten as far as from those players, you know, when we made the phone calls to them to say, hey, you know, you've been voted as one of the top 50 players all time in July Stadium history, this is what we're going to do. I mean, they've they've been really excited about it. Uh, We feel like we're going to have somewhere between 25 and 30 of those guys back uh, on September the 8th for that home opener against Southern. We'll recognize them at halftime. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's a great 50 players. Uh, We've got great feedback from those guys, and I think the fans are excited about it as well.
2: And then, of course, you're going to have an event the the night before, correct? Uh, As many of those players come back, kind of a meet and greet with the fans?
3: Yeah, so the night before on that Friday, September the 7th, over the Doghouse Sports Grill here in town, we've partnered up with those guys, and from 7 until 9 o'clock, uh, we're going to have a meet and greet uh, with a lot of those uh, top 50 players. It's a ticketed event. Uh, there are very limited numbers of tickets because obviously that place will only hold X amount of people. Uh, so uh, we put out a story yesterday. If you go to latexsports.com, which we released our new uh, website yesterday, so it's got a new look to it. Uh, we went from CBS to Sidearm on our website provider, so we're excited about that. But if you go to latexsports.com, uh, there's a story on the home page about this event on that Friday night. Uh, You can click on it, there's a link that directly will take you to where you can buy tickets. Uh, The tickets are $35. We're only selling 100 tickets for this, Uh, so it's going to be very limited um, as far as that goes because obviously we've got to have room for the players and their families and so forth and so on. So um, it's $35 for a ticket, and most of the proceeds from that $35, uh, the Doghouse Sports Grill is going to give back to Louisiana Tech, and it's going to go towards the uh, Scott Collis Endowed Scholarship Uh, Scott was a former Louisiana Tech football player who unfortunately passed away about a year ago, so uh, uh, it's going to be a great event. We're really excited about it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many of those guys yet are coming back, uh, but I know we're going to have a lot of them there, and it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: By the way, the new website, nice clean look.
3: You know, that's kind of what we tried to go
2: with. Uh, You know,
3: when we were looking at it, you know, websites can be so busy these days, and uh, you know, we, we wanted to go with a little bit of a cleaner look, uh, an easier, uh, easier for the fans to kind of move around on it. And I think that's what we came up with. You know, you're always going to have the ads on there, that kind of face for it. Uh, but uh, we, we're, we're pleased with it.
2: Game day atmosphere has certainly improved through the years at Louisiana Tech. I know you're encouraging uh, fans to get those season tickets if they haven't done so already.
3: Yeah, no, we are. Season tickets are going well. Uh, You know, we expect a tremendous crowd off of that Southern game on September the 8th. They came here three years ago. We had over 27,000 people in the stadium. Uh, Southern travels extremely well. Of course, everybody excited about seeing uh, the bands at halftime and, of course, the top 50 players and it being the home opener. So, you know, we're hoping we've got a chance to sell that first game out. Uh, So I would encourage everybody not to wait uh, until Saturday, September the 8th to get their tickets Uh, so they can call the Tech Ticket Office at 257-3631. They can go online to our website, latexports.com, and click on tickets and buy them online. Uh, so, Or they can go up to the Tech Ticket Office, which is in the Thomas Assembly Center. It's open from 8.30 in the morning to 5.30 in the evening, Monday through Friday. So there's a number of ways to get it, but I would encourage everybody out to get out there and get it. It should be an exciting year, and we're looking forward to it, Aaron.
2: Malcolm, I'll see you uh, Saturday for the scrimmage at 9, and then, of course, the Fan Fest at 1 o'clock. Appreciate the time, but Hey, thank you. We appreciate it. We'll see you Saturday. Sounds good. Malcolm Butler, Sports Information Director at Louisiana Tech. Look who is... Uh... Made his way into the office. Jamie Foxx. Tough dad. What's up, bud?
7: Aaron, good to be with you and yeah. spend a few moments here uh, at the end. A lot to talk about on the other other side when we get into uh, the Jarrett, LSU sports situation. I, it's I, happy times at Louisiana Tech and maybe right. not so much on the Bayou.
2: Yeah, I was going to let you know Jared Rozier from uh, Tigerdetails.com will join us after the break. Uh, some major uh, news down in Tigertown yesterday.
7: It hasn't been good the last three weeks. Uh, yeah, Orgeron
2: has not been off to a great start, has it? I think
7: I'm the only one that hasn't been suspended yet. <laughs> or, uh, absolutely. so but the handwriting
2: was in the on the wall with McMillan and, and Narcisse, But now the fact that it appears both of them are out, and now you're down to two scholarship quarterbacks. I don't know. It doesn't it's not a good look.
7: Uh, that's one of the things I want to get into with Jared. Uh, you know, McMillan was. It was somewhat speculated that might happen. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts, I think, just like in all these other stories with DJ Durkin and so forth. So we'll find out with Jarrett. But, uh, yeah, I'm interested to get into that and see, my gosh, is LSU going to have anybody left to play? I mean, you know, whoever starts, and obviously it looks to be Joe Burrow, uh, one hit away.
2: We'll visit with Jarrett coming up after the break on the morning drive.
7: This week is McKinney Honda's fall open house and the Honda Pioneer is what every hunter wants. Here's Richie McKinney.
4: McKinney's has a full stock of Honda Pioneers at the lowest prices of the year. Choose from the 500, 700, and 1,000 Pioneer and save up to $1,200. All with Honda's unique beltless transmission and available with Honda's exclusive quick flip seating feature, so you can carry more passengers whenever you need. Also, you can lay away at open house prices and pick up September 7th, 8th, or 9th and save big on taxes. Register all week long for the Honda 250 Recon and join us Saturday for the drawing along with free food and entertainment. For your
7: safety, read the owner's manual, wear a helmet and eye protection. Always wear your seatbelt and keep the side nets and doors closed. Honda side by sides are for drivers 16 years and over. MSRP excludes destination charge. Visit powersports.honda.com to view destination charge amount.
4: Don't miss your chance to save big on the goods for the woods this week at the Fall Open House only at McKinney Honda, your outdoor superstore in Ruston.
6: Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
5: Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the Morning Drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe.
2: Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron and uh, Puff Daddy hanging out this morning in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. Man, some uh, major news down in uh, LSU yesterday and all centers around the quarterback situation. No one better to ask than Jarrett Rozier, of course, from TigerDetails.com. He joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Jared, how you doing this morning, bud?
8: Hey, man, I'm doing well. How are y'all?
2: Good. Thanks for squeezing us in here for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, we certainly saw the handwriting on the wall with the four quarterbacks. You have four quarterbacks vying for a job. You certainly have probably a couple too many. Uh, The fact that it happens on the one-year anniversary when Lindsey Scott left LSU and transferred out uh, seems kind of appropriate. But the the biggest news, of course, if you just join us, Loyal Narcisse has transferred out. He's made the announcement on Twitter. We're expecting a similar announcement from Justin McMillan coming soon. What do you make of what took place yesterday and what is now on the horizon for the LSU quarterback situation?
8: Yeah, and I can't remember for sure if I mentioned – Lindsay last week when we talked about this but i would kind of been i guess throughout the the camp hinting to let's as much as we're talking about the quarterback battle let's wait and see how things shape up over that first week or two um because this week after those guys get that first scrimmage under their belt and see how how that goes and how the coaches are dealing with them and their repetitions at that point but before school starts next week is always, um, or at least in recent years, with with the way some things have gone with transfers around the country, um, it's become a really notable week to watch, particularly at the quarterback position. And we saw it with Lindsey last year, where he he realized that he was not going to get the shot that that he thought he should be getting, and so he didn't want to sit around and waste uh, more years if he didn't if he didn't think that opportunity was going to arise. And you saw the same. Almost same thing, identically happened with Lowell Narcisse. He came in, and um, you know, for as much as much praise as O gave him to media, it didn't seem like it was shaping up for him to really be that involved in the the battle for the quarterback, the starting quarterback position. Now with Joe Burrow looking to be the guy, and what that means from long term with with Burrow potentially on the roster for these two years, and with Miles Brennan uh, ahead of him in terms of experience and where he is on the depth chart uh, for the years to come. And then you look at the, the commitments they have from Peter Parrish and T.J. Finley and all the attention from the LSU coaching staff on those guys for the future. And for Lowell, it just looked like if he was going to get an opportunity, he was going to need to change his scenery. And so he announced, as you mentioned late last night, that that he will – be transferring from LSU and and it looks like it will follow a similar path to what Lindsay did with a Juco here in the fall and then enroll at another division one come January and for Justin it he graduated uh, at the end of the summer and so he can go straight to another division one school he hasn't officially announced that he is uh, to the same degree as Lowell has that that he is definitely on the move. He's still, or at least as of last night, was still kind of having some conversations with family, and so we'll see how that shakes out. But the expectation uh, right now certainly is that he is in uh, in a different uniform in in the next week or two.
7: Jarrett, uh, you know, there's so many. I think a lot of people, as Aaron indicated, you know, anticipated the MacMillan transfer. Not so much uh, the Narcisse one, simply because uh, my understanding was, and you can correct me, that uh, you know Narcisse had some packages installed for him, um, and MacMillan took the first snaps of fall practice. I know that means nothing right now, obviously, but do you think all the hype uh, surrounding Joe Burrow's transfer, and I'm going to put it on the LSU fan base in general, you know, with the J E A U X Burrow B U R, you know, all that stuff. Do you yeah. think that had anything to do with the players, you know, wanting to transfer, and just the point that where, you know, well it, the fans have already decided it's going to be Joe Burrow, and no matter what the coaches say, the fans have said that, you know, we don't have a we don't have a prayer. So, uh, do you think that had as much to do with the decision of both of these players as anything?
8: Honestly, not really. And as much as uh, I mean, I wrote a piece this weekend about how much O has been referencing block out the noise and don't blink and all that and as much as they say that that's a lot easier for for the coaches and and the players to say than it is to exercise in reality but while they may have heard that a little bit I I don't think that that really played in as a big factor in the ultimate decision I think it really I think it really did come down to where they Looked at uh, internally where they stood with with uh, with the coaches and their decisions on on what the playing time was going to look like moving forward. And as much as publicly oh, referenced it being a wide open four man battle, I don't know that they the players necessarily got that sense in inside behind closed doors. Uh, during the, the portions of practice that we don't see, all of that, um, and particularly after that first scrimmage and as this week got started and seeing kind of the adjustments that were being made moving forward off of uh, off of that.
2: All right, Ross Dellinger crunched the numbers, and these are really uh, staggering numbers. You look at the classes from 05 to 12, that is 13 classes. They've had 20 quarterbacks. Four of those completed their career at LSU Another 14 were dismissed, departed, or basically uh, were you know, moved on, perhaps NFL. So nine of those 20 never played a single snap for LSU. Everybody says, well, this is a problem across college football. But quite frankly, LSU's numbers are uh, mind-boggling, to say the least, Jared.
8: Yeah, I've, to look at those numbers, it's, it's hard to not kind of scratch your head. If not as an LSU fan, even get a little bit discouraged and and ask what's going on. Um, and obviously, that's you know that's been over uh, a, a couple of regimes now, not just I um, just had coaching regimes, but offensive coordinators and, and guys that are doing the the recruiting of of those positions. And so I'm I'm sure that the the answer from the current LSU leadership is, you know, this is this is a new a new group that's making those decisions, and, and they feel good about Peter Parrish and TJ Finley coming in behind the guys that they already have here and whatnot. Um, but you, I, I don't know. My attitude is kind of always for better or worse, wait and see. And so um, I won't say that that everything's solved moving forward but there is an optimism that they're kind of um they're they're kind of trying to get things going back the right way and then have some guys that can come in here and and stick around and and be be the guy at lsu rather than the amount of transfers that we've seen it's it's certainly been an interesting position uh to watch i i always kind of go back to the way things went with ryan Peralu and um, and that kind of shaping, uh, shaking up their plans for the immediate future at that point, and them just continuing to try and kind of scramble and and fill gaps and guys being thrown in before they're ready, and uh, you having to rely on some transfer guys and and stuff like that. Um, and it just it hasn't really uh, whether there's something to make of that or it's it's other factors at play. It, it's just been a a position that has has been. Uh, been kind of an Achilles' heel, um, and and rightfully a, a focus every fall this time as as the season approaches.
2: Yeah, and if you want to take a positive approach in the big picture thing, you're going to be like, well, third string quarterback wasn't going to play anyway. You got Joe, you know, Joe Burrow and Miles Brennan. Everything will be good with LSU to this year. It shouldn't come down to your third string quarterback anyway.
8: Yeah, and that's um, so Mark Clements at two two five, another guy that used to work at NOLA with Jimmy Sam and I. Um he and I do the last few seasons have done a weekly podcast and we recorded yesterday right as uh practice was getting going. We knew Justin and Lowell weren't there but it hadn't really fully developed and that that podcast will come out tomorrow morning on two two five and my attitude was kind of it was it was looking like it was going to be Joe's job. We've seen Miles kind of progress and become uh at at least a backup quarterback at this point. And so as much as you like to see depth at any position on a football team, you you don't want to get down to – you don't want to be on your second string quarterback realistically, but certainly not your third and fourth. And so if you feel good about Joe Burrow and you think Miles can can be a guy that can be a serviceable backup right now and your quarterback of the future in a couple of years potentially – and, uh, you know, has that potential to, to do that sort of thing, then I don't know that it's that big of a loss for this team and the way the season plays out because it, as much as you would love those guys there and you worry about what it means for the team chemistry, I think they're going to be all right. They've got a really strong group of leaders on this team, and you take away a lot of that, oh, Joe had a couple bad drives, and now the fans are calling for Justin and some of the potential Uh, conflict and controversy that comes up during the course of the season if you are looking at the two veteran guys that that were neck and neck for the job potentially at one point
2: finally uh ed orgeron of course is scheduled to speak with the media tonight knowing coach O, how do you think this plays out he just kind of uh, moves on
8: yeah i he'll address it some um i don't know that he'll get real into the details i mean depending on on his mood and how things go today he might open up a little bit more but i don't think we're going to get um, any particularly lengthy responses on on the Justin and Lowell situation i think it'll be kind of a um, you know a, a respect for those guys wish them the best we've got our guys and we're focused on on camp i fully expect to hear a can't blink or block out the noise reference in the middle of that. Um, and they'll just kind of keep chugging along, um, just trying to get ready for that Miami game with the guys that, that will be on that team at that point.
2: Looking at tigerdetails.com right now, you guys have some great content up there with a lot of different stories. I guess the uh, best way for people to continue to follow you and keep up to date on the situation down in LSU.
8: Yeah, Absolutely. Stay involved on tigerdetails.com anything that, that we get will be going there as, as the situation continues to develop and and we get confirmation of Lowell going uh, to his next stop where exactly that is and also as as Justin uh, McMillan news cements as well as just a lot of other things we have coming up with different prospects and a look at some of these top high school teams even as high school football season approaches and a, lo- a lot of breakdown and preview for that lsu miami game and the lsu season as a whole the next couple weeks
2: Jarrett, thanks for joining us on uh spur of the moment appreciate the time bud
8: hey no problem appreciate y'all
2: Jarrett rozier from uh tiger details.com uh puff daddy those numbers are actually before justin mcmillan when he makes his decision so i mean we're going to add probably another quarterback you'll have 20 uh, it'll be 20 quarterbacks and then you'll have 15 that have left the program <laughs> And then it will be up to 10 of the 20 that have never played a single down for LSU. Well,
7: I thought it was interesting that Jarrett brought out about, you know, uh, Peter Parrish and, and TJ Finley, you know, well, that's all well and good. And I'm, I'm I'm, like most people, I'm thrilled they've committed to LSU, but that's not going to do them any good this year. And, uh, I think the plan may have been quite frankly, uh, and I wanted to ask Jarrett this, maybe we can get into this on the other side of the break, but, uh, I understood the plan was maybe to redshirt Brennan this year, let him get stronger. You know, he, they're trying to pack some weight onto him, get him stronger. He's oh, he's fine above the shoulders. Uh, it's just got to get a little bit stronger. He, he did not redshirt, so he had a redshirt coming to him. Uh, would not have affected his eligibility, and that's where McMillan probably would have made a difference. Uh, McMillan's
2: got, holds all the cards, though. He's yeah. a redshirt junior, but he's already graduated. He's got two yeah. years of eligibility remaining, will be eligible immediately wherever he goes. I mean, I don't know what kind of quarterback he is, but he certainly looked solid during the spring, and everybody goes yeah. back to spring. Yeah, and, I think he, and he's
7: paid his dues at LSU, and I think he – you know, I, I'm a little bit uh, half empty, half full on this sort of thing, but uh, we'll get into it some more on the other side of the break. And, again, it's unfortunate because I think the difference between – winning and losing in the sec particularly the sec west is depth and this sure as heck doesn't help things
2: 888 we're back after this break with our parting shots
0: the north louisiana orthopedic and sports medicine clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self maybe even better
4: This
0: message is intended for the City of Ruston registered voters only. In order to keep Ruston moving forward, on this initiative we need the signatures of the City of Ruston's registered voters to sign our alcohol petition before September 10th so we can have a citywide referendum. The Louisiana Committee for Economic Growth would like your signature on a petition to help keep tax dollars at home. When you go to Rustin's Super One or Walmart, we ask you to sign up for the convenience and your ability to expand your alcohol options at Super One and Walmart. Currently, the city of Ruston is not dry for consumption of wine or alcoholic drinks at our fine restaurants, and we want to keep it that way. We would like to expand those choices for our citizens to have the option to purchase those same products at local retail outlets. Please sign our petition at Super One and Walmart today or when petition officials are in your neighborhoods. We thank you for your interest and involvement in moving Ruston forward on this initiative.
4: Good morning here's the latest weather conditions for our area most of sunny skies hot and humid conditions today with a high of 92 most of clear skies don't tap for tonight with the low 75 mostly sunny skies with a 20 chance of rain on tomorrow and a high of 94 degrees
5: grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive this hour is sponsored by car king and monroe
2: all right, Puff Daddy, uh, LSU uh, haters coming out of the woodwork on here. Orgeron has them spiraling downwards, 7-5 and five this year, 6-6 six six is in the future of LSU. Welcome back to the 90s.
7: <laughs> you know, a, a lot of that, I understand it, but it's kind of like the the Joe Burrow transfer in the sense that so much hype is was made. And, and Orgeron can't outrun his past. that's That's something that I have a – and I'm going to be up front with you a little affinity for for someone that's that's dealing with something like that because I think, you know, his his situation at Ole Miss, totally unprepared for, uh, and he admitted, you know, he tried to he was a control freak. He tried to take over too much of that situation instead of letting his coaches coach. And he, I thought, bounced back pretty good at USC and and his interim. Gig at LSU was, was successful. I mean, like the guy had a losing record at either one of those. Now, granted, those were the interim jobs. Last year, his first full year at LSU was a winning record. But I think the sky is falling here. I mean, there's no way in the world any coach in the world would want to be going through this. And some of these things that he's inherited, like, I don't know why, but it seemed like, and I loved Les Miles, but it seemed like every damn year he was getting a kicker, on putting his kicker on scholarship. He was putting a snapper on scholarship, which are important positions but somehow other schools managed to do it with walk-ons. Mm. LSU didn't under under Miles, and uh, I mean there's some things, little things like that that I think make a difference. And again, you know, you don't think, well, this is no big deal. the The program with the most early entrance in the NFL over the last five years has not been Alabama. Mm-hmm. It's been close. Okay. It's been LSU. And and guess like what 40, lsu
2: like 40 athletes
7: yeah and, L, and uh, lsu does not have alabama's depth uh, uh
2: one last thing about the lsu quarterbacks uh, the mcmillan kid I, I i see it i mean you graduate yeah, you're taking yeah, care of your I business so. why not get out of there now, obviously you probably don't think you've gotten a, a fair shake throughout your career anyway and why do you think you're going to get one now when they bring in a quarterback who's got two years of eligibility remaining i'd get out of there too Now, the situation with Loyal Narcisse kind of is a little bit baffling to me just because he's a redshirt freshman. And LSU still rolled the dice a little bit on him just bringing him in because you look at his track record. Obviously, he was a talented playmaker at St. James. But, I mean, you're talking about a kid with uh, two ACL injuries. Correct. And you can see it literally. It it might have been a week and a half, two weeks ago. Orgeron talking about the – Quarterback situation saying, you know, Narcisse is the most talented quarterback we have on the roster right now. And you can see O kind of playing it through the media, trying to hype this kid up because he could see the handwriting on the wall. But the kid is just a redshirt freshman. I mean, why not try to pay your dues, try to ride this out for at least another season and then see how it plays out? Or perhaps he looks at a guy like Lindsey Scott, who left one year ago, and what happened to him? He goes to Juco routes, has a great year, all of a sudden. He lands a spot in Missouri,
7: but he's not the star in Missouri. No, but he is. You know, odds are he may and may be uh, after Drew Locke's yeah. eligibility expires after this year. So yeah, you have to position yourself. And I totally agree with you, Aaron. I think, I although I don't want to see it happen. Uh, Justin McMillan paid his dues at LSU. Yeah. He was he was loyal to the program for four years, and uh, he had a redshirt year. And I would, you know, it would benefit obviously from a depth perspective. Narcisse, my understanding, and I could be I could be wrong, but my understanding is they had specific wildcat type packages for Narcisse. He was going to see the field. They called him a bull. Yeah, were, he was going. To, he was like he was going to see the field this year. Um, and you know, you play your cards right, like you said. Uh, heck, even Jalen Hurts is hanging around for uh, at Alabama, and he's he's to me he's playing it smart. He's got 15 hours to graduate. He'll still have eligibility remaining somehow you know, damage control, it seems always to be handled at Alabama. It doesn't seem to be handled very great well point, at LSU.
2: Great point here by Matt. It's the me generation. No more waiting around. Correct. Uh, you do look at, you know, Narcisse in, in this situation, and now how it plays out for him and LSU. I will be anxious to see how Orgeron handles this situation and uh, his comments later tonight as he's scheduled to meet with the press.
7: Well, Aaron, you and I talked about it a little bit off the air. I mean, it... in. It, it, to Jarrett's point, a little bit, yeah, the future looks bright with with uh, Parrish and yeah. and Finley, but that's that seems to always be the case this but time of year. If Joe
2: Burrow goes down, knock on wood, then you're putting it on a quarterback that's still having issues putting on weight in Miles Brennan. So then you feel comfortable. What's he up to now? Is he 195 pounds? No, he's this?
7: he's he's well over 200 now, but he's, you know. It, again like i said the problem with miles brennan is not you know is not necessarily uh, above the shoulders it's just trying to get him physically ready and um, and then then you're down to andre Sell and jordan loving those uh, are the two walk-ons well, on the roster well preferred though well uh, i never thought that lsu fans are now pining for danny etling to have another year of eligibility yeah. that's for sure Where's Anthony Jennings when you need him? Huh? It's crazy.
2: Uh, we don't have time for our bumper for parting shots, but it came across this story. I, I don't know if you guys have discussed this or not. There's an interesting situation playing out. Clemson scoring off against Furman opening week. I, I know that's on your schedule, right?
7: It is. I've uh, already got tickets for that one. So
2: the guy competing for the Furman quarterback job actually goes to Clemson. How cool is this, uh, the fact that – Furman doesn't offer a program that he's in, wants to graduate with, so they have this uh, dual enrollment situation. So he drives 30 minutes to Clemson and goes to class. And now he has the potential to be squaring off against Clemson and uh, beginning to start the season.
7: I think that's absolutely awesome. (laughs) Can you imagine? uh, Don't you wish? Can you imagine? He's going to be sitting there. He goes to school. And then he's he's going to look across when the snap and those seven animals on the defensive <laughs> line for Cle- who absolutely can't who probably don't even know he's on campus yeah. with them. Uh, they're not going to take pity on him. That poor guy. Uh, God love him. Now, uh, is he
2: wearing Furman football stuff in class? And
7: well, if I'm him, I'm I'm stealing something out of the Clemson. If I'm going to try to get over there and try to wear something with orange on me. Uh, to try to keep from getting absolutely annihilated. Uh, but uh that's, that's an a, interesting story yeah, and really that, we need that's a storyline that needs to be followed. Yes.
2: For one reason to watch Clemson versus Furman. Right. <laughs> Probably the only reason, but Right,
7: right. We have one now. Yeah, and, and uh Aaron, my, my parting shot I, I I didn't have a chance to talk to you much about this, but the uh knowing that you're a, a weightlifter and yeah. uh and so forth and uh This seems to be falling on the strength coach at Maryland. A lot of it, uh, Jeff Cord, I think, let go uh, the other day at Maryland. He seems to be the fall guy for a lot of this. Um, Your take on that. It was
2: shocking just to hear the Maryland president step up to the podium and literally we had sound for it. Maybe you guys can play that during the edge. Him basically just saying, hey, we were at fault. So knowing that he would go on public record and say that you have to feel like there was some kind of settlement already with the family. If not, everybody in that whole school has got to be cringing, especially the lawyers.
7: Well, you look at the Maryland president—very obviously a very bright man, but obviously had not touched a weight in his life. You could <laughs> see that. He, the Maryland president hey, is not a weightlifter. Of
2: all the people to pile on, why you got to be piling on the Maryland president? I may be—I
7: may be more. Uh, well, I may be look like a weightlifter more so than the Maryland president does, but uh,
2: I just thought it was refreshing to hear uh, you know an administrator step up and say, "Hey, we screwed up. We're in the wrong."
7: Yeah, and spoken, or people that
2: are employed by us in the rock.
7: Yeah, and he spoke to the family, and I think this is a lot of damage control, obviously. But uh, and now you're seeing, you know, uh, Peppers, the the core, uh, defensive back in the pros that played played under Michigan at Durkin when yeah. Durkin was the DC. Now he's piling on, saying, "Well, it seemed to be, you know, he was a combative type coach and all this. Well, what, what coach isn't, you know, trying to get the best out of you? I mean, you played for the uh, lovely and vivacious Dennis Franchoni, yeah, and bad. he was, he was a warm and fuzzy oh, kind of man. guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he
2: mellowed out through the years.
7: Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he sent you Christmas cards every year. So I mean, that's just that's part of the landscape, and and that's where we are in 2018.
2: Thanks for coming in a little early. Just got you warmed up for the edge.
7: Yeah. Well, now. Uh, I had a, I had fun. Now now comes the uh, now comes my uh, hour with DJ Durkin and, and the street coach at Maryland with with uh, with Terry Waltrip. Uh,
2: I want to thank uh, John Lewandowski for joining us in the seven o'clock hour. Our Dr. Jeff Counts, Donnie Altman, great interview with him about officiating in the college ranks. Malcolm Butler and Jarrett Rozier. We will uh, recontinue our high school football previews tomorrow. Plus we'll have some other goodies, including Top Ten Thursday. Everybody have a fantastic day. I'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m.
0: Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.